Hi, and welcome to Showcast. In this episode, we become submerged in the world of immersive design. I'm joined by media artist and director Gilberto Castro. Gilberto runs Mexico City-based studio Intus Interactive Design, which specializes in, you guessed it, the fields of interactive and immersive multimedia installations. Today, we get behind the design of Submerge, the studio's recent collaboration with Arctic House New York. Submerge was a month-long installation which celebrated the Pantone Color of the Year Classic Blue. Carefully considered design combines a 360-degree projection and interactive screens for an unforgettable immersive experience. Join us as we discuss love at first sight, preparing for the worst, and spending five minutes a day staring at your biro. I'm Kat Kemsley, and you're listening to The Notch Showcast. Hi, Gil, and welcome to Showcast. Hello, Kat. Thank you very much for having me today. No worries. It's been almost a year and a half since we first met at NotchCon, and it's always a pleasure discussing art and design with you um, across your various projects. And I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, Kat. It's my pleasure. Yeah, no, it's really exciting, the projects that you've been working on recently. Um, Intus have produced over 250 successful interactive projects in the arts and uh, commercial spaces, as well as the theatrical world. Um, and your projects are really kind of breathing life into immersive experiences. When you founded your company, was it always with the intent of designing interactive artworks? Actually, we start like more into post-production. Our first approach to interactive was with uh, multi-church screens. Back then, I think like 12 years ago when the first Typhoon came over. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we start to looking about to make interactive and real-time graphics. But back then was uh, no much uh, access to it. So we start like uh, programming and then we realized that was the thing that we want to do. So we actually quit all our post-production projects and start with uh, interactive. And it was a crazy moment because in Mexico, uh, we were a few companies doing this at that moment. We was one of the first like trying to go to this kind of technology, immersive technology, interactive, and everything related to it. Yeah, it's quite a brave move to give up your existing clients that are in the post-production space and then move over to interactive design, which is quite a a niche and upcoming sector um, of production. Yeah, it is. It is. We start with a little bit of processing like JavaScript and uh, some Flash back then. But then we we move to Unity and... uh, uh, different kind of softwares. Uh, actually, our first kind of stuff was hardware. We firstly uh, build hardware. We are uh, trying to build our own multi-touch uh, interactive surface. Uh, we start with uh, IR cameras and uh, projectors and stuff. But uh, very quickly, we realized that we can't compete with a big hardware companies. So we moved to content. Well, that's really interesting. Post-production's more software. And then after discovering interactive kind of design and interactive production, your focus kind of shifted towards hardware and then back into design again. 
yeah, yeah, was weird, but that the way that <laughs> happens. <laughs> and what's your background? So have you got a, a mixed background to kind of be able to try your hand at all these different hats? All my background is uh, more into arts. I study uh, audiovisual communication, so or my background is more into artistic stuff and visuals and a little bit of audio. And when you were working in VFX, what kind of um, software did you start out using? Uh, we start with After Effects and Cinema 4D, a little bit of Houdini, that kind of 3D, 2D environment, a little bit of Nuke, but actually our main software was After and Cinema 4D. And was it mostly for film, television and commercial projects? Exactly. We make the different uh, projects. I actually work a lot. I was the chief of post-production in a TV channel here in Mexico City. That uh, I was working in uh, news, but actually always my passion was into arts. Mm. And do you remember what the first interactive installation that you saw that influenced you to become an interactive designer? I think I saw a video from Bjork like playing music with this uh, table. So it was like a multi-touch screen with uh, cubes that was making music. When I saw it, it was like, I, I want to do this. Uh, you fell in love with uh, it. <laughs> right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get in love, like uh, love for the first sight, right? And I was like, I'm going to leave the stuff I'm doing now and I'm going to start doing this kind of interactive. Yeah. Bjork, Bjork's done a lot of boundary breaking work. Definitely really yeah. influential with all the stuff that she's done. Tell me a bit about the studio. How many people have you got working at Intus? What does the day to day look like? So Intus, we are like now we are like 30 people. And the, of course, the, the, the bigger team is on on graphics and programming. We mainly try uh, to work with artistic projects, but we actually have also commercial projects. We mainly focus in multimedia events. Actually, one part of our job that I love is that I work with so many different kind of companies that you learn a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's very different, uh, I don't know, an artistic project. We, we make also museums and and now we are also into concerts and music, but actually our main kind of projects are focused in multimedia events for different companies and museums. Our daily life is like uh, we we always have our pre-production uh, staff, so they create like very nice ideas and proposals, and then we go for the client and then make prototypes. We mainly are using the as touch and, and notch. And actually together are, are amazing. Have you noticed an influx in commercial clients seeking out interactive installations? Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, I think now everyone wants interactive. When we started like 12 years ago, it was very difficult to, to sell because a lot of uh, companies don't trust a lot in technology. So it was like, mm, maybe I have to go with the same same recipe that I always do. Uh, what do you think's changed? We start with a, a few clients and was difficult to sales because you need to create 
the necessity of the interactive uh, installations. And now, actually, the clients are searching for us because it's everyone's wanted, but it's not enough uh, people doing it. So I think it's a good moment for us in this business because it's going to grow a lot. Now it's growing, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to grow more. Yeah, I guess now there's a lot more reference points for clients to kind of see what can be done with interactive works and see how popular it is, especially with this new form of marketing. I say new, um, but social media marketing, where it's all about engagement with the public and more more experiential. Yeah, it feels like uh, the, the brands are looking more to give experience more than, uh, I don't know, in, in the past, we just saw a uh, commercial and uh, on the radio or in the TV, and you just have to watch it or hear it. So today we're going to be talking about Submerge, which was an immersive installation inspired by Pantone Color of the Year 2020, Classic Blue. And their description of this Color of the Year is that it's an instilling calm, confidence and connection. Submerged took place in February of this year at Arctic House in New York and the multi-sensory installation was curated and produced by Arctic House in collaboration with Intus Interactive Design. Um, you guys got a really poetic brief for the project. We're living in a time that requires trust and faith and it's this kind of constancy and confidence that is expressed by Pantone Classic Blue. Classic Blue encourages us to look beyond the obvious, to expand our thinking, challenging us to think more deeply, increase our perspective and open the flow of communication. Well, that sounds like something you can have loads of fun with and a really broad brief. What did you guys take from it? How, how did you interpret it? This project was uh, very nice because we, we need to take a trip to in ourselves to explore this color and then try to create something that can be objective to the audience, right? Mm. Uh, we have to read tons of articles and books about color. And actually, in some cultures, sometimes we find that this color is sacred. When we uh, create this project and we are working on this, we don't realize that this virus is going to come, right? But uh, th now that this happened, we realized that actually they choose very wise this color because uh, in these times that is happening, that everyone is in, in their homes, it's a good moment to go deeply in our thinking or try to increase our, our perspectives or our communication to ourselves, right? Yeah, they, they really seem to nail it on the head. I guess their approach into 2020, which seems like a very significant year, um, and then it has been a very significant and interesting and challenging year so far. Um, so it does seem really suited, especially for this concept of inward reflection and tranquility in terms of keeping calm. Yeah. Well, I love 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 chatting with you about your projects because you really go deep into your research for every project. I, I always seem to learn something new because you've done such a broad cross-section of reading when you when you take on a project. Is that your personal journey or does a, a group of you are into kind of go off and, and do the research and share what you've learned? Uh, thank you so much, Kat. Uh, re actually, we try to do it with all of our projects, but when, when we have something that is interesting that is more related to art, 
we learn a, a lot from these terms of color, right? What is the psychology of the color? What is the meaning of, of it? So, because you had these, um, was it eight, nine, these nine chapters, these nine different looks that are part of the in- interactive exhibition. Um, how much of those did you come up with fresh after doing the uh, the event in December? Was Were there kind of hints of it in the December event, which then led to exploring them for this month-long installation? Yeah, we, we took a little bit of it, but not too much. Some some ideas, mm-hmm. because in the event was more like uh, showing different kind of looks. And for the exhibition, we actually create a... Uh, history, uh, narrative. So everything that we create in these art graphics is related to a feminine side, to uh, uh, for the mother earth, and for this feeling of growth and uh, movement of life. I noticed with quite a lot of your projects that nature plays a really large part in your design process. Um, I'm wondering whether that's partially because it's something that's universally understood by humans. Sometimes uh, I think the hard part of this kind of installation is that sometimes the artist is like, uh, I have this this idea and I'm trying to make this statement or communicate this. But for this, we try to focus in the color. But when you try to immerse yourself in something like a color and try to get a voice for the color is kind of a different approach because you have to go deeply inside of the color to trying to find something that is meaningful. Pantone seemed to have been a really ideal kind of client for Intus in that it's a really creative brand. I mean, Pantone is still essentially a brand, but it's so interlinked with the wider arts community across fashion and design, interior design, um, commercial production, film, television, graphic design. Like it really kind of plays a part and, and has a role within all those communities. So it's really embedded within the arts world. And in terms of production, so with your first event, which was for the announcement of the Pantone of the Year, was that also taking place in Arctic House's venue in New York? Yeah, was the, the was the same uh, in the same venue. Actually, very different, uh, very different art we make there because it was just for an event. We we make the event, they really enjoy it, and then uh, Arctic House says like, okay, why not make an a full exhibition. Yes, I mean, it's a really amazing and inspiring space. I'd love to paint a picture of it. You you basically projection map every every surface in there. I think Art House is one of the most innovative spaces in the world for art and technology. And is it all set up with all the bells and whistles that you'd need to put on an interactive event? Of course, yes. That must be quite nice. Yeah. So there, there was more than one showpiece here basically so you had the, the the larger room which was projected on all around was there any elements in the in the main room that the visitors could drive no in the main room is more like a immersive experience so it's like the this massive video like uh looping we first uh, work with the music uh, amazing uh, composer, electronic music composer here in Mexico, make, make the, our friend make the music. We create all the visual effects. 
We used a lot of notch, of course. We used some Houdini for some dynamics and touch designer. We simulate the space and create everything into notch so we can uh, pre pre everything. We tested notch, Houdini, some uh, a little bit of Cinema 4D, and we rendered out the se the content in the resolution. And notch is super, 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 uh, super fast. This like uh, three rendered, uh, three days render in Houdini. We have it in two hours in Notch. And with your, so with the with the piece in the main room, if you were to sit in there, how many minutes of of content are you experiencing? Uh, we we made like uh, twenty five minutes. Actually, we we worked like thirty minutes, but at the end, uh, the in Arctic House, we need to cut some stuff, so they choose like the best twenty five minutes of everything. Obviously, this event, uh, the immersive piece and the interactive piece, they ran for a month at Arctic House. Were you there during the installation period in terms of getting it up and running? And then at that point, could you just leave it running, leave it on a media server or a machine, and it would just kind of be self-sufficient? We always, in all our projects, uh, create this kind of uh, automatic setup. So the, everything turns on and turns off like automatically. It's something that we always have in our own projects because, you know, this technology and something can break. is a good option to always have a backup. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant advice to put those kind of um, those those in place to make sure that everything runs smoothly and, you know, you don't have any, oh, my God, moments. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic work at the Arctic House um, for the Panatone Immersive Experience uh, today, all the Arctic House locations are closed, but you can continue to support multimedia arts and their programming by getting one of the limited all-access passes from Arctic House's website, arctichouse.square.site. And I also encourage any listeners to follow them on Instagram to see fantastic digital art and immersive experiences, as well as following intus.tv on Instagram as well. Gil, for anyone looking to get into uh, immersive art or anyone thinking about undertaking their first interactive project, what advice can you give them? Sometimes in this, uh, this kind of world, sometimes uh, we forget the important thing, that the important thing is the, the content, the, the, the message. We, we need to create a meaningful message. and. To create meaningful meshes, maybe you can create it with a very simple technology, right? You don't need like a, a million dollars, media servers and projectors and stuff. Sometimes I, I, I give, uh, give some lessons. So I always say to the, to the students that it's always first, it's most important the message that you need to communicate and then the medium, because now, First, it's more important the medium. You are like, I'm, I'm doing this with this software, I'm doing this with another, or I'm searching this kind of sensor. And you, you just uh, create with the, with the possibilities of the sensor. But I, I think have to be the, the opposite. First, you have a message. You have a meaningful message that you have to share. And then you choose the sensor that is uh, going to work, right? 
Great, really great advice for anyone thinking about moving into this world um, because there will always be a new toy out there and the whole point of interactive design is that you can interact with it as a person and relate to it. What makes something timeless and interesting and relatable is the, is the concept behind it. The technology to uh, create a message, I think is the way that we need to create art with interactivity because if not, we are not creating uh anything we are just playing with toys right it's like uh i have this new toy and i can do this mm -hmm. and people is like ah, i want to do that and i i buy the new toy but how can i express myself or how can i express something with this toy and on the topic of toys and technology, <laughs> I'm just curious if there's any any piece of hardware that you're particularly interested in or, or exploring at the moment. Uh, a lot of the lasers and sensors. Maybe uh, the new Oyster is interesting because it's a very cheap LiDAR sensor, but it's uh, 3D. And also the new Kinect is, is amazing because you can create an array of, of Kinects and I can see from your Instagram that you're doing some experiments whilst in quarantine, um, such as training machine learning models with obstacle flow and style transfer algorithms. So basically turning video into moving artworks inspired by um, famous artists. Um, have you got any anything else to keep you busy? Anything else planned during your quarantine? We right now are working in uh, some art pieces of into some la laser installations some because you know all our gigs are gone so we are like working in our own installation that we already have so maybe when this is over we can show to the people but yeah it's, it's hard hard times now uh, we don't want to uh, wow. get in another because we saw that everyone is like trying to go to streaming stuff and and that well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this creative incubation births, basically what, what, what the results are from Inters TV. And I'm sure that these experiments that you guys have been doing will be brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out for those online. Gil, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Um, I've learned so much and it's been really interesting finding out a bit more about this project and about immersive design and interactive design. Uh, so thanks so much for taking the time out. Thank you to you, Kate. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you too much for, for having me on this uh, podcast today. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. Head over to notch.one forward slash showcase to read the write-up and view photos from Submerge. Follow intus.tv and Arctic House on Instagram for an injection of interactive and immersive art. And let us know what you thought of today's episode over Twitter at NotchVFX, hashtag showcast. And listeners, show us something awesome that you've made using the hashtag madewithnotch to feature on our Instagram feed at NotchVFX. Thanks for listening. Next week, I'm joined by a beloved face in the Notch community. Armin Kozlowskis has spent the last three years traveling the world, educating designers and technologists in Notch. We're going to be talking about our newly available online course with former student Ollie Venning. Catch you there.